Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Danielle Banks. I am one of the meteorologists here at weather.com and also on the Weather Channel app. And we have a very, very exciting guest to speak to you today. This is a person who is very well known in the weather community, Dr. Phil Klotzbach. In case you have never heard of Dr. Klotzbach, he is a research scientist in the Department of Atmospheric Scientists at Colorado State University. He has a PhD in atmospheric sciences. And you are one of the guys that everybody turns to for updates on hurricane season and of course, post analysis, which is a lot about what we're talking of today. So thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. The 2018 hurricane season, you say overall was just slightly above average. So what are some of the main reasons that this hurricane season turned out to be a bit more active than expected? Yeah, so it ended up um, above average for the number of named storms and hurricanes. We had 15 named storms and average season has 12. We had eight hurricanes and average season has six. And for major hurricanes, we had two, Florence and Michael, which I'm sure most people listening today are very familiar with both of those storms. And average season has three. So we were above normal for a number of storms and hurricanes and a little bit below normal for a number of major hurricanes. Uh, but that is more than what was predicted by our group at Colorado State, other groups like NOAA and Tropical Storm Risk as well. We all, over, we all under predicted the level of storm activity that actually occurred. Yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question about the, the quality of this year's storms. Did you notice any difference than in past years? Yeah, so I mean, this is a very interesting year in that we had, um, you know, Florence and Michael, which formed in the deep tropics and became major hurricanes. We had a lot of storms forming from the subtropics. We had six of the 15 storms originated as subtropical cyclones. And basically the large scale factors that drive a typical active hurricane season are what drive storms in the deep tropics because those are the storms that are long-lived hurricanes and major hurricanes storms like obviously you had florence this year and storms like irma and maria from last year long-lived major hurricanes storms that form in the subtropics typically don't get as strong and they're also um don't necessarily respond to large-scale factors like el nino in the same way um and so like this year for example probably the most famous of these uh, subtropical cyclones that became a tropical cyclone was Leslie, which was out there for about uh, two and a half, three weeks as a named storm. Then it went extra tropical, then it came back to a named storm and eventually um, made landfall as a post-tropical cyclone in Portugal. So it was just out there for a really long time. So that can kind of skew the numbers a bit. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people are wondering, like, well, quality of a storm, what exactly does he mean by that? And, 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 and I know to you, because you're following the entire lifespan of a storm, and you're following every single storm, uh, not just the big ones, of course, that make all the headlines. Correct. Yeah. And so basically what we look at is, you know, we do our seasonal forecast and other groups as well, like NOAA. When we do the seasonal forecast, we look at things like El Nino, Atlantic sea surface temperatures, things like that. And basically what that does is these large scale factors impact storms that form in the deep tropics. Um, and things like El Nino, when you have an El Nino, it increases your shear in the deep tropics and it actually tends to have the opposite effect in the subtropics. So you can actually get more of these kind of subtropical systems. Typically they don't get very strong and they don't necessarily last very long, but you can occasionally get storms like again this year with Leslie and even a storm like Oscar that they form in the subtropics, They they drift south, they become a tropical cyclone, and they can stay out there for a while and become hurricanes. And then again, if your forecasts are uh, based on what's going on in the deep tropics, that can tend to skew your numbers if you get a lot of these more subtropical systems. But even with even with those storms, it was certainly more active than was anticipated. Um, storms forming in the tropics, it was about an average season for storms in the tropics, which again is still more than we uh, were anticipating in our seasonal seasonal outlooks. 
Going back to just touching on more on El Nino, um, I think people are understanding a, a lot better about what exactly um, that means for an average hurricane season. And so can you just break it down? And I'm just going to ask you this very point blank. Did the warmer waters in the Central Pacific affect this hurricane season? Yeah, so we didn't officially have an El Nino this year. It was basically what was called on the warm side of neutral. So basically you have El Nino is warmer than normal water in the eastern and central tropical Pacific. When that's there, it tends to increase upper level winds in the Atlantic and especially in the Caribbean that, the, that tear apart the hurricanes. Uh, this year, we didn't meet the El Nino threshold. It was warmer than normal in the Central Pacific and the Eastern Pacific, but didn't quite come up to that threshold. Um, these aren't huge differences in water temperatures, and El Nino is declared when the water is about one degree Fahrenheit warmer than normal. So again, not a huge warmth, but it makes a big change changes in how the atmospheric circulation then responds. Um, so this year, we didn't quite have that El Nino threshold, but the shear in the Caribbean was very, very strong. And that we didn't have any hurricanes track into the Caribbean this year. So that was a classic kind of signal of what you would expect in an El Nino season, even though we didn't officially have that threshold met. However, if you go further east into the eastern and the central Atlantic, we actually had um, a below normal shear in that part of the basin, which is why we had several storms, especially in early September, come off of Africa and intensify into hurricanes. But none of these storms tracked west into the Caribbean. Florence went north and then came back west, and there was a very strong ridge, which is what drove it further west. And then unfortunately, that ridge broke down and the storm stalled once it hit the coast. And obviously that's why Florence caused all the rain damage that it did because the storm effectively stalled once it, once it made landfall. Now, going back to talking about some of these very famous storms in major hurricane season landfalls, like Harvey, Irma, of course, Michael, um, in the last couple of years, does that mean anything for future seasons? Yeah, so we went, the U.S. went through um, a really bad streak of luck in 2004 and 2005. Storms like Charlie and Ivan and Francis and Katrina and Rita and Wilma caused all sorts of damage. So we had seven of 13 major hurricanes. That four, so we had 13 major hurricanes in the Atlantic in those two years. Seven of them made landfall. Um, so it was really bad string of luck, on average about a quarter due. And then we went 11 years from 2006 to 2016, where we had zero major hurricanes in the continental U.S., and these are major, which is based just on the Saffir-Simpson wind scale. So these are storms with winds of 111 miles an hour or greater. We had a great streak of luck. And then we had 2017 and 2018, where we had um, Harvey, Irma, and Michael make landfall as major hurricanes in the continental US, and then of course, Maria in Puerto Rico. Um, so we basically went through a really good streak of luck, followed by a really bad streak of luck um, the last couple of years. Um, on average, again, about 25% of all major hurricanes make landfall. So typically, more active seasons have more landfalls, but you can have average seasons like this season was, maybe a little bit above normal, and below average seasons like 1992 was, a below average season only had one major hurricane, but that major hurricane was Andrew and obviously did a ton of damage in South Florida. So while in general, more active seasons have more landfalls, you can have these um, seasons that are average or even below average that have major landfalls that cause all sorts of damage. Um, let's talk about the way a lot of people come at this. Um, we go through um, talking about, okay, now we're in the start of Atlantic hurricane season. Now is the time to prepare. Then we get to the point of going through June, July, August. We have a very quiet August, and then pow, we get an active September, and everybody is going, what in the world happened? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the important things is that, you know, we all talk about her getting ready for hurricane season and June 1st happens. And then typically June and July, while it's part of hurricane season, are very quiet months. Um, you may get some storms out in the Atlantic, but typically they don't hit, impact the U.S. Um, so a lot of times people, you know, you go through June, July, and even in the early to mid-August and not much has happened. And everyone says, oh, you know, it's a, it's a quiet season, no worries. But the Atlantic hurricane season is very, very peaked. Um, most of it's, you get half of all your storm activity during September. So just in one of those six calendar months of the sea, of the hurricane season, we get half of our named storm activity. Um, and so last year was a classic case in point. 2017 was a, the most active September on record. This year, we had, like you said, we had an incredibly quiet August. Um, two named storms that formed out in the middle of nowhere, very short lived, um, no hurricanes in August, and they had a very active September. Um, and so that's an important point to note is that the Atlantic hurricane season is very, very peaked. Um, typically, the storm season doesn't really ramp up until the middle of August. And by the middle of October, typically it's ramping down fairly quickly. So again, while the hurricane season in the Atlantic is six months long, most of the storm activity occurs during the three months of August, September, and October, especially for those storms making landfall in the U.S. Okay, thank you so much for answering that for folks who are not as familiar. Um, I also wanted to ask you, you have this incredible team of people that you work with. You are definitely not alone. And, you know, I'm just really curious if we have seen whether or not these storms are forming and moving from the same spots. So when you guys are sitting around talking about this in meetings, what is the general consensus? Well, I mean, storms form in different places every year. Um, so, for example, if you have an El Nino season, your storms tend to um, tend to form a little more north. Um, if you are in outside of the deep tropics, whereas if you have conditions that are very conducive for an active season, like 2017 was, or even this year, where you get storms forming more off the coast of Africa. In terms of where they track, um, that's governed a lot by more by day-to-day -day weather patterns. So, for example. From 2006 to 2016, we tended to have an area of low pressure along the East Coast. It wasn't there all the time, but it tended to be there to kind of force the storms to recurve before they hit the U.S., whereas the last couple of years, we tended to have more of a ridge along the East Coast that has driven the storms further west, causing them to make landfall. So um, that, that can change from day to day and from week to week and from year to year. Um, this was a question that I wanted to ask you that was posed by one of our senior meteorologists on our team. And they wanted to know, because, um, you know, we, we talk about this stuff, too, probably in a, a bit of a different way than, than your team, or maybe not. Maybe it's very similar when we talk about these things. But is it, is it possible that we are moving into a multi-year period with more U.S. landfalls? And I think that's something the public really wants to know, too. <laughs> well, I, I wish I could give you a concrete answer on that. I think it, it's really hard to say. I mean, I think, you know, we went through a period of 11 years with no landfalls, and obviously that was um, unusual given both the fact that the Atlantic Basin had about average activity, so you would have expected more landfalls just simply based on long-term historical records. Um, so I, I think there's really no way to say for certain that, yes, the next five years we're going to have more major hurricane landfalls or whatever, but... You know, we went through a streak of really good luck where we had very few or, or we had zero major hurricane landfalls and even fewer hurricane landfalls than normal um, than what you would have expected even given basin-wide activity. So, you know, years like last year and this year, you know, where you get landfalling storms, you know, is it, it's not unprecedented to get, you know, two hurricanes making landfall in one year like we had this year. You know, that's kind of more on average what you would expect. Um, from a long-term perspective, on average, about half of all years get, have a major hurricane hit the U.S., um, and obviously we had our major hurricane hit the U.S. this year with Hurricane Michael in October.
Okay. Uh, the next question I have for you is that you know people always think that forecasters are being hesitant or skittish um, just in the name of accuracy so that we can turn around and say, yes, we were right on this forecast. Um, so this question is, are seasonal forecasts beginning to show any skill with the number of uh, and location of the landfalls? Well, Oh yeah, so I was say our group, we don't issue landfall forecasts, we provide probabilities. Um, so basically we say, um, when the season starts, basically we take our seasonal forecast. And so if you predict an above normal season, the probability of landfall goes up. Um, but the ability to predict landfalls is, is, is a real challenge. Um, because basically, even if you have a perfect knowledge of how many storms you get, um, that doesn't give you a ton of information about landfall probabilities. It gives you a little bit of information uh, but not a ton. Um, if you were to use, say, the 35 years of our seasonal forecasts and look at basically take the years where we predicted a lot of storms and then predicted very few storms, you do get significant differences in landfall ratios, about two or three to one. But when it comes to year to year, the landfall predictions is, is really hard because you not only have to predict how active the season is going to be, but then you have to predict the steering flow. And that changes a lot from week to week and from month to month. We actually had a seasonal forecast workshop um, a few weeks ago, we discussed that very issue about predicting landfalls. And you're never going to be able to predict June 1st, you know, like Hurricane Michael is going to form in October and make landfall. You're not going to be able to have that kind of skill. But I think there are some things we can do, perhaps a little more looking at maybe some dynamical models to give you an idea of maybe how the steering is setting up. Maybe not the entire season, but maybe a few weeks to a month into the future. I think also, too, we can maybe do some better with being able to predict kind of regions that are more likely where storms are more likely to form. Um, because, for example, storms form really far east in the Atlantic. Um, you do get storms that go all the way across like an Irma, but in general, storms that form further east tend to recurve before they hit the U.S. coast. Whereas if storms form, you know, say in the Gulf of Mexico or for closer to the Caribbean, those storms, just by virtue of where they're formed, are more likely to cause significant impacts um, if they intensify in the hurricanes. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. We are so happy that you joined us. And if you did enjoy listening, please give it a subscribe or a like. Tell your friends about us. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play Store. We are always covering different topics and try to do a little something for everyone. We'll see you next time.